The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Walsh. And I'm your host, Ron Schmelzer. And you know, one of the great things about this podcast is we get to share with you, our listeners, a lot of the things that we've been hearing, a lot of the things that we've been talking about to our general audience, a lot of our uh, folks that are, are either advisory clients or those who are going through our training and certification. Some of these things are educational topics, so we've d- covered quite a few of those on the podcast. Of course, many topics around generative AI and trustworthy AI as well, and our use case series and our failure series, which continue to be very Uh, well-listened to, very popular, and everything we talk about best practices. But sometimes we also like to, well, provide a little bit of commentary and thought leadership because these some of these topics come up that uh, that you know seem to be new in the area of AI, but turn out to be topics that we have seen before. And for whatever reason in AI, it's one of the things about AI is that the old is always new again. That, <laughs> right? That applies to AI itself, you know, since the 1950s, right? But still, it's like the oldest new technology, or is it the newest old technology, something like that? So, yeah, we we want to bring about bring up some things that we talked about many years ago, but that are, I guess, getting the rounds again now. Exactly. And, you know, that's why we want to make sure that this podcast stays relevant, right? And we continue to talk about AI today. So if you haven't done so already, please make sure to subscribe so you can get notified of all of our upcoming episodes. But as Ron mentioned, you know, we talked about this all the way back in 2019, but we thought that it was important to bring up again today because there's been a lot of talk lately, including a new executive order in the U.S. about the need for chief AI officers. And you may have heard some of these. We'll link to some of the um, the articles that are talking about this now in the show notes as well. And you may be going, "Wow!" At first off, sometimes when one you know company or or uh, you know agency does it, you're like, "Man, I need to jump on this bandwagon. We need this too. We need to show that we care about AI." And so we're gonna we're gonna kind of follow this trend. But we really want to take a step back and say, you know, do you need a chief AI officer? What's this role? What's it do? Is it really needed? And we had originally, like I said, wrote about this back all the way in 2019. So we wanted to spend some time today revisiting this topic and maybe, you know, talking about what is a chief AI officer? Do you need one? And our stance on it. Yeah. And, you know, you know, from, from one perspective, right, we can see that, you know, AI is getting a, a ton of attention, right? Not only in the press and the news, it seems to I mean the conversations about it as hyper as they were like uh, last year, the year before, the year before that, they are like an overdrive now. And I think, I think everybody feels like if they don't have an answer as a company, as an organization, hey, even as an individual to what you're doing with AI, then people feel like they're they're going to be left out, right? There's a serious amount of the FOMO, the fear of missing out. And to some extent, you know, a lot of organizations want to signal to their customers, to their employees, but probably most likely to their shareholders. Or if they're a government agency, they want to signal sort of their seriousness about AI. And, and one of the simplest ways you can do it without actually building new products, creating new services, developing new solutions, is you can just say, well, we are serious about it because we have a new C-level role, the chief AI officer, 
whose job is, well, what, Kathleen? What exactly is the job of the CAIO? Exactly. And that is a very good question because I think it means a little something different to everybody. And it also is kind of this role that's still getting fleshed out. So we say, you know, back in the 1990s, the biggest trend was the internet, you know, and the web. But did you see companies getting chief internet officers? And, you know, did you have chief web officers have this C-level position talking about this? And then in the 2000s, one of the biggest movements was mobile. So did we see these chief mobile officers? And the answer is no. Also, social media, you know, that's been around now for, for a few decades. And do we see these chief social media officers saying, hey, we're so serious about social media. <laughs> we have a C-level role for it. The answer is obviously no, you don't. You don't have a web, a chief, you know, web officer and chief mobile officer. They get tied into other roles. And so that really, you know, kind of begs the question, well, what does this chief AI officer do? And how does it differ than from some of the other C-roles that are already uh, pretty well-defined and established at just about every single organization. Right. You know, we all knew that, you know, computers basically fundamentally have changed the organization. So it made sense several decades ago to create the chief information officer, the CIO, because if you looked at the organization back in, say, the 80s or the 1990s, you had sales, you had marketing, you had finance, you had operations, you know, whatever these were. So who was responsible for building and managing and maintaining the information systems? Well, there really wasn't anybody. So it made a lot of sense to create the CIO role. And really, it's interesting because it's chief information officer, but really what it means is chief information systems officer. The CIO is generally in charge of information systems, servers, networks, desktops, cloud computing, maybe cyber strategy. But the, but the, really their perspective on information comes from the systems that they're, because without the systems, the organization can can die. You know, you know we're so dependent on information systems that, that really the CIO's role is to keep the organization on track and, you know, not vulnerable and taking advantage of, of information systems. But here's the interesting rub. They're not actually in charge of the information itself. They're not saying, you know, CIO, are you in charge of, de of determining the data format? The answer is, well, kind of, maybe yes, so, but maybe no. And I think what we realized maybe about a decade ago was that we needed a separate role that was in charge of the just handling data, no matter where it's coming from, no matter what system it's in, this chief data officer would be in charge of things that are data relevant. Now, here's the problem with that, though, is that the CDO's role wasn't really very well-defined. So some CDOs are like the chief data architect. So they're maintaining like, like how what the data looks like and you know, the, the formats and whatever. Some CDOs are like chief data scientists. So they're like, they're in kind of get the analytics perspective, right? Uh, some CDOs are uh, more focused on like data processes. Some are more focused on like data governance. Some are more like, you know, data privacy. And I think, right, Kathleen, the challenge is, is that, okay, we have a CIO and now most organizations have a CDO so now we have a CAIO, right. and they're in addition to the CIO and the CDO. And the <laughs> no, on top of a sort of ill-defined role now, oh, yeah. we have oh. an even less <laughs> defined role. Right. And you can say, well, you know, 
Again, we're really uh, moving forward with AI and we need to have this role and they're going, we'll figure it out as we go along. But uh, that's not great, right? You don't want to have a C-level. You don't want to put this person in place who either is just going to be a figurehead because they have absolutely no power or authority or ability to change and implement anything. I don't think whoever's in that role is going to um, enjoy that. Or, you know, if they do, then maybe that's an issue because they are do nothings. But also, I mean, because it can be frustrating too. You know, you uh, you have a C-level with absolutely no authority. So it begs the question, well, what is this chief AI officer actually in charge of? And would you want the chief AI officer to have some ownership and responsibility that's separate from this CIO and the CDO role? Or, you know, is it going to be kind of sharing this responsibility? Are they going to own responsibility for certain areas in the creation and management of AI-based systems? But then, you know, the chief data officer isn't in charge of some of that and the information officer isn't. So, you know, and then also, I mean, do they really have ownership and authority in in anything? And that really is what it comes down to. So, Really, you know, at the end of the day, we're saying you need to take like a holistic approach to this and say, will this chief AI officer be the one to take the blame when these AI systems go wrong as a whole? Or is it just going to be this figurehead position? Is it something that you're going to figure out in a few years down the road, be like, why do we have this position? And now what do we do about it? Because all these organizations and government agencies have created this. You know, going back to a few years ago, an executive order mandated all government agencies to have a chief data officer. And so what they did is they just normally tacked it on to another chief X officer role. So, you know, you're a CIO and CDO. Now, as it's like, okay, well, are you going to be a chief information officer, data officer, and AI officer? Do we need those three titles or, you know, can we really just wrap it into one role? Yeah, I, I I I see sort of the the challenge. A lot of people might be thinking, well, wait a second here. AI is so important, so strategic. It, it might fundamentally change an organization. Someone needs to have ownership on it. The answer is like absolutely. But you could have said the exact same thing about the internet. There were, if you were in retail, let's just say, in the mid nineteen nineties, you saw the internet was coming. By the late 1990s, it was it was here. Amazon, you might have said like, well, I don't think people are going to actually buy things online. I I remember I was involved in the e commerce in the Mid 1990s, I was there, and people said like, "Ah, we, people aren't going to buy things that they can't actually see and they can't touch. No one's going to put their credit card information on a website. Nobody trusts. How can you trust what that server is somewhere on the internet? Oh, I won't be able to return my products. I won't be able to like feel and touch the clothing." Okay, I think that's what the perspective was back in the 1990s. But we all knew that e-commerce was just so convenient, so powerful that the tool to actually give people the ability to buy things without having to physically go buy things it was here no matter what, right? Uh, mail order was sort of like the little tip off where like if people are doing mail order on catalogs, I'm pretty sure they'll buy things online. So, you know, what they didn't do is they didn't say, oh, we need to have somebody in the organization. We're going to create a new separate role, and this person will be in charge of e-commerce, and it'll be separate from, say, the other things we're doing. Now, they might have someone that had in charge of, of that, and they all did. They always they all had like an e-commerce guru or a person or whatever, but they didn't separate that up because they knew that retail is retail, sales are sales. It's just another channel, another way. It may be that in 1995, online sales was 1% or something like that. But by 2000 and whatever, 10, it was probably like 90%, right? 
And so, but that was because that's retail is retail. And I think we have the same perspective in AI. Like right now, AI seems so new, so different. You want to have somebody in charge of it. And you might say, well, like, you know, 0.1% of our systems are AI right now. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, give it a couple of years, everything is going to either have AI embedded in it from tools you buy. You're going to be embedding, doing AI in a whole bunch of different ways in, a, in your sales department, mm-hmm. your marketing, and having one person right now it kind of seems silly, right? Having one person in charge of AI for the whole organization does seem a little, well, short-sighted, right? I mean, it doesn't seem like a great idea. Right. I mean, and if you go back to our uh, 2024 predictions podcast, we said that, you know, generative AI is going to be embedded in anything and everything that it can. And we've had some newsletters that have come out about, you know, people are are trying to put Gen AI in a lot of things. And it doesn't always make sense. And, you know, people are still figuring that out. But yeah, to have one person in charge of multiple different, uh, you know, parts of the organization around AI just is not going to be feasible in the long term. And that's really, you know, when you're coming up with these chief officer roles, you need to be thinking about what's this long-term impact going to look like? And does this really make sense? And we say, no, it does not. It does not make sense to have this chief AI officer. But then you can go, well, what does make sense? Because we know that AI is going to be in our organization. And how are we, you know, if we said, well, if the, is this chief AI officer going to take the blame when these AI systems go rogue or cause problems? And, you know, act and behave in ways that we don't like. And what we say is you need to have a trustworthy AI framework in place at your organization. And if you are serious about AI, you have to be serious about your trustworthy AI framework and implementation. And because that's how you're going to get that guidance and that visibility and the, you know, ownership, the accountability, who's responsible for what, that's how you're going to get this, not through. And and that needs to be disseminated across the entire organization. Everybody needs to know their role within your trustworthy AI plan. That's how you're going to have AI implemented securely and safely and in a trustworthy way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, basically, as you know, we're big proponents of methodology and process and doing things right. I mean, if anything, for those of you who have been listening to AI Today podcast, you know that we love technology. Technology is the underpinning of what this makes all these things work. However, we're really people in process. We're really we're saying that the making things work is more about getting people to do things and changing the way they operate and changing processes. Because if you don't, you can't just bolt AI onto something that that's doing something one way when the AI system will probably get you to do something a different way. And changing people and changing processes is much harder than changing technology. So so we always have a people and process solution to many of these issues. And as Kathleen mentioned, the what you want of the CAIO, besides just some visibility for a bump in the stock price or to give your customers or employees uh, some confidence, that's important. But I should probably say then maybe you want to take one of your existing C-levels and say, now we've given them the responsibility and the ownership to manage our AI systems. That's important because then it'll be consistent with everything else that they are doing. But the second thing is you need to put in a framework, a trustworthy framework. And we've actually done this for many organizations who haven't put one in. If you don't have a framework, which is basically your process, if you want to think of that as your steps that you take to ensure that everything, every AI system you build, you manage, you buy, you implement, whatever, 
will be consistently trustworthy, then what's going to happen is if you don't have that, you're, you're going to run into problems somehow. You might say, well, all the AI systems we build will do in a consistent way. I'm like that may or may not be true, but you may buy something or use something that does not do it in that consistent way. And all of a sudden you've embedded something, let's say in your product, and it violates a privacy policy. It causes some financial harm. It steals somebody's intellectual property, whatever it is. And they're like, wasn't my system. I was using somebody else's. Well, it, as Rite Aid would tell you, that's not a defense. You can't say somebody else's system caused a harm. You own that system. So how do you ensure that you have consistency? The answer is it's not technology. You don't buy a product to solve this problem. You implement a process. You implement steps, controls, whatever you want to call them. Some people like the word framework. Some people don't. I, you know, That's the thing about the English language. It's not very precise. But the but instead of a CAIO, give somebody an executive authority uh, ownership of the prod of the of sort of like the the visible representation of it, and then have a consistent application of it internally through a framework. That's going to be our recommendation. Yeah, it is. And you know, Ron Ron mentioned Rite Aid. So if you're not familiar with the story that he's referencing, we have a podcast on it. So I have a link to that. But Rite Aid. Um, was using facial recognition technology. And we know that AI systems are probabilistic, not deterministic. So they will give you false positive results. They're not going to be 100% accurate. And it was falsely accusing people of being shoplifters. And because they did not have a trustworthy AI plan in place, employees felt empowered to go ahead and, you know, uh, falsely accuse people of shoplifting. There's a number of things that went wrong there. They weren't properly trained on the systems, maybe, you know, and and this is why you need to have those frameworks in place so that anybody that comes on board says, hey, this is my role. This is the, the you know, the uh, chain of command that I need to go up so that if, you know, something isn't right, I, I know. Do you think that having a chief AI officer would have prevented that? You think the chief AI officer would be held responsible at the end of the day? Um, well, you know, maybe in like as a figurehead they would, but, you know, the damage was already done and they weren't implementing those policies and they, it, you know, weren't trickle down effect. That's why you need a framework. That's why you need a trustworthy AI framework so that everybody knows their role at the organization and how it fits and how they fit into this framework. People in process. <laughs> exactly. We say that and we will continue to. I know. I tell you, it's funny because it's like, it's like the technology stuff is like the easy stuff, you know? So anyway, um, you know, we, we really hope you, you've enjoyed that. I mean, the, the biggest thing we've actually wrote on this topic of do you need a CAIO back in 2019, it was actually an article that we wrote for Forbes. So it's up there. You do a little search. Do I need a CAIO? You and will I will link to it in the show notes as well. So you can click right on our link and it'll take you to that article from 2019. And, it, and it's funny because, you know, as I said, everything old is new again. And we're like, you know, we could write new stuff or we could just say, hey, we wrote about that like five years ago. No data is not the new oil. Another thing we wrote about that just came up again. And, and so I think you can, we have new things to say, by the way. And so stay tuned because we have a lot of things that we haven't yet said before that other people might be thinking, but they're not saying right now. Um, I'll just give you a little preview. You know, some of you are saying, oh, the GPT stuff, especially from OpenAI is so powerful. People are embedding it in their products. And we're thinking, what could possibly go wrong if you've embedded somebody else's technology in your product that you don't have control over that might actually change tomorrow that could possibly be regulated by the just passed 
EU AI Act, which actually has now passed. And the answer is, is there a way out of that problem where all of a sudden all of your products start behaving in ways that you did not intend? And of course, the answer is going to be open source. So we'll talk a little bit about that and about the big trends for that. That'll definitely be stuff people will be quoting for a while. And some other things, we have some surveys going out. We're going to tell you about some trends, but stay tuned. We have a lot more to share with you here on the AI Today podcast. Yeah, we're really excited about some of our upcoming podcasts. So again, if you haven't subscribed, make sure to subscribe to AI Today so you get notified of all of those episodes. Also, if you haven't done so already, please make sure to rate and review our podcast on whatever podcast platform you listen to. We love to hear from our listeners. Many of you have been reaching out, especially as of late, and we really love to hear from you. You know, the episodes that you've enjoyed, the topics that resonate with you, and also we have a... Uh, you know, like Ron said, we are methodology people. And so we are big advocates of CPMAI methodology. If you're interested in learning more, you can take our free intro to CPMAI course. You can go to aitoday.live slash CPMAI. And I'll link to that in the show notes. I will also link to our trustworthy AI uh, framework and certification so that you can learn all about that and, you know, help your organization become compliant, com- have trustworthy AI uh, pra- in practice. Like this episode and want to hear more? With hundreds of episodes and over 3 million downloads, check out more AI Today podcasts at aitoday.live. Make sure to subscribe to AI Today if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, or your favorite podcast platform. Want to dive deeper and get resources to drive your AI efforts further? We've put together a carefully curated collection of resources and tools handcrafted for you, our listeners to expand your knowledge, dive deeper into the world of AI, and provide you with the essential resources you need. Check it out at aitoday.live slash list. This sound recording and its contents are copyright by Cognolytica, all rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.